For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. The JSU NAA mobile app is here to help you get involved and stay connected with the university. Log on using your J number and first name to get access to all of the app's features, including benefits and discounts exclusive to alumni for the bookstore and other businesses. Give back to any department at JSU as often as you wish with any amount of your choice. Link up with alumni chapters from Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Louisiana, and connect with Tigers from around the nation. Stay up to date with what happens from the campus to the football field and everywhere else. Get involved, give back, and download the JSU NAA mobile app. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 149 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook. And Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. And we are again brought to you by Trent Walker, Counselor at Law, located at 5255 Kill Street, Suite A in Jackson, Mississippi. For criminal law, personal injury, family law, or workers' compensation, call 601-321-9540. Email Trent at TrentWalkerLaw.com or visit TrentWalkerLaw.com or click on the link in the show notes. All right, so I'm definitely excited about this episode. I've been waiting on this one. He is one of my greats. He is the second all-time leader in career receptions at JSU with 181 grabs. He set the single-season record with 1,286 receiving yards, and he holds the single-game record with five receiving TDs. Oh, by the way, he was the NFL first-round draft pick. We call him the cat, Sylvester Morris. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. It's an honor to be here. Oh, man, it's an honor for us to have you, man. We love speaking with our greats. I know the fans can't wait to hear from you. Uh, so it's a lot that we want to get into, man. But uh, first and foremost, how have you been? How's life treating the cat? Outstanding, man. Every day above ground is a great day. Absolutely. I'm making the best of it. My wife. Keep me happy, so <laughs> beautiful thing. Absolutely. Happy wife, happy life. So I'm glad to hear that y'all are keeping each other happy. That's great stuff. All right, man. I mentioned that you are uh, second all-time in career receptions. Now, when you think about Jackson State football, of course, you think about the likes of Walter Payton and our four Hall of Famers. But over the years, JSU has really been a wide receiver factory 
We look at names like Harold Jackson, if we take it all the way back, uh, Jerome Barkham, uh, the Richardson, William Gloucester, uh, Carl Power, uh, Carl Power, that is, Chris Burkett, Tim Barnett. I mean, man, so many. Jimmy Smith, hadn't even mentioned him yet. And then uh, Corey Bradford, but the list goes on. And with all those names, for you to be number two in career receptions, where does that rank on your list of accomplishments? Uh, it's great, man. It's at the top of the list. It's one of the things I'm most proudest of in my life. I have all my JSU records tattooed on my left forearm, so I keep them with me everywhere I go. And that's awesome. That's awesome. Definitely true blue. And I definitely want to get into your time at Jackson State, but let's take it all the way back. All right. New Orleans, Louisiana, a McDonald 35 high school. Talk about your upbringing and what was it like coming up in the Big Easy? Uh, the Big Easy was fun, man. You learned a lot. It was always something happening. There's always something going on. So uh, it's it's a very fun town to grow up into from second lines to parties to mm-hmm. everything. It's, it's always something to do even as a young man in New Orleans. Absolutely. And how'd you get into football? How'd that start? And did you play any other sports? Because obviously you're a, you're a freakish athlete. So did you do anything besides football growing up? Not organized. I played a lot of basketball, but not really organized. I was I didn't really play a lot of organized football growing up, to be honest with you. I just like to I'm what you known as a neighborhood athlete. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And your senior year uh, in high school, you weren't highly recruited. A lot of people, if they just, you know, look at what you accomplished at Jackson State and obviously you went on to the NFL, they would think you were probably one of those blue chip recruits but uh only 13 catches 164 yards and one td that season and that was those are your stats for your entire high school career they all came in your senior year so it's unbelievable if we look at that uh but you know jackson state still reached out did you have any other offers and what made you choose jsu jackson state was the only offer i had i was recruited by coach david joes he came down and saw me said he thought i had potential and with my height and, and length, I could be able to develop into a great uh, He had foresight that none of us had, i tell you that much. So were you the type of kid who, who, you know, always thought you were going to the NFL, especially early on when you weren't even playing on the high school team? Is that something that you thought would, could be possible? Yes. Wow. I, I wrote down in the book every year from kindergarten through 12th grade that I was going to be a football player. They even messed with me in high school on on class night. For seniors, <laughs> they told me in the year two thousand five, I realized I was no Dion Sanders. <laughs> you said two thousand five. Yeah, so it was great for me to go back to my high school reunion. I wasn't Dion Sanders, but I, I had I had established myself, so it was great for me. Man, great stuff, great stuff. All right, so you get to JSU, and the team is uh, still in its heyday. 1996 that was a black college national championship year uh for us and you know sending guys to the league every year at that time uh james big daddy carson the man himself uh he was at the helm uh, what, what what would you say some of your early recollections of the school and the team oh man it was great i came in my my freshman year was uh 95 so i came in with greg span and guys like rudolph roseman and uh grill and pratt like mm-hmm. I, Cedric Dunbar, I had man, I I was I had a host of guys that really were embedded in the JSU tradition, and they taught us about all the guys who came before us and what it meant to be a real tiger. 
that's awesome. And that's something I definitely wanted to touch on just with that, that history, uh, that tradition and that lineage, uh, you know, for the, the athletes of today to, to understand, you know, what happened in the past and all the, that legacy. So they kind of talked to you about that as soon as you got to campus. Oh, definitely. I was told about big country and the new breeds and Jimmy Smith and, all the guys who had came before me that laid the foundation for us to be able to have NFL scouts at our practices every day because those mm-hmm. guys had blazed the trail for us. So I felt it was on me to at least help and try to keep the tradition going. Mm-hmm. Right. You did just that. You did just that, man. Uh, a lot of greats on that team. We could We could name names all day, but who are some of the guys who – you learned the most from or maybe took you under their wing? Oh, Greg Spann and James McIntosh. They okay. took me under their wing my, my freshman year. They stayed across from me. They showed me the ropes. James was a quarterback, and Spann was our number one receiver at mm-hmm. that time. So I, I learned a tremendous amount from them two guys. Right. And I mentioned earlier you weren't highly recruited coming out of high school. Uh, so you arrive at Jackson State uh, relatively unheralded. Uh, you leave as the 21st pick in the NFL draft. So uh, that's the story. What are some of the things that you attribute to such a major transformation of your body and your skill set? Well, uh, having access to the weight room that we had at the time, having access to the coaches and just following and seeing what other older guys was doing. We had a weight room in, in the dormitory at that time. So I was able to sneak down at nights and get me a, a a lift in. I learned to stretch. And it's really a lot of hard work, man. It was a lot of hard work was put in during that time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of those early years at Jackson State, and uh, we, we talked about that, but let's, let's fast forward to the latter years. And those were some pretty explosive offenses. You played in the first ever SWAC championship game. And when you think about names like Mark Washington, uh, D-Train, Destry Wright, our all-time leading rusher, Big Eric Tandler, Tommy Head, all over the field from that linebacker position. What do you remember about those teams? I remember the great friendships, the great camaraderie that we had as a team. Like, we were a small little family. All of us hung together. We all rode around. We all like hung out at nighttime. It was just, it was a more of a family. Like. Me and Ed Reese, I still talk to Ed Reese. I'm the godfather to his daughters. Like, we all all stayed together. Some of those bonds are going to be lifetime bonds. Mm -hmm. And one name that we could never leave out is obviously cornerback Rashard Anderson, who was taking two picks after you by the Panthers in the first round of the NFL draft that same year. Man, there were so many uh, uh, questions that I asked you about that, but – Let's talk about those those practices. What was it like going up against him every day? Because one of the reasons he was moved to corner from linebacker was so that we have someone big and physical enough to match up with you in practice. Uh, so what were those battles? Were those some battles or what? Oh, those were some battles, man. At first, and at, excuse me if I don't call him Rashad because he going to always be wild man to me. Wild man, okay, got it. <laughs> wild, when Wild first moved to corner, man, those were some of the toughest battles because Wild was so long and he was fast and he was strong. And I had never went up against anyone like that. So it was motivating to me because every night that I didn't have a good practice, 
all the kids in the dorm, all all the defenses. I stayed on the defensive side of the dorm. They okay. the dorm at night and just start yelling, "Wow, man! <laughs> wow, man! Wow, man!" All night, bro. All through the dorm. So I had to listen to that whole, that whole spring that he first wow. on him. But you know the competitor that I am, I was like, "All right, y'all, you got me now." But it's a spring game coming, y'all. Just uh-huh. wait. And by that spring game, I finally got to hear that dome. They came in that dome that night, and I I was yelling, "Wow, man!" I was like, "I don't hear none of y'all." In but it took me it took me a while, and we had some great great battles. I think. Both of us are the reasons that we were able to achieve what we achieved, having someone to go against and emulate and have to mimic that's that good mm-hmm. in practice. It, it couldn't help but make each of us better. Wow. So you definitely would say that prepared you for the NFL? Yes. Yeah, that 99 was special. Historical, actually, because uh, defensive end Eric Chandler and wideout Leroy Fields were also selected in that 2000 draft along with you and Wildman. Uh, so Jack State had four draft picks that year, which was more than programs like Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and LSU. And then, of course, uh, Destry Wright was an undrafted free agent running back who was, you know, he, he had solidified his spot on the Steelers depth chart early in the preseason before getting injured. So looking back on it, how crazy is that? It's very crazy because uh, I believe Eric Chandler and Tommy Head also, because uh, I think we ended up with seven players all in camp that year, four drafted and three to go to camp. So it was it was definitely a great year for us. Wow. And two young up-and-comers on that team uh, were T.C. Taylor and Robert Kent, both uh, quarterbacks at the time behind Mark Washington. So two-part question. What do you remember about a young T.C. Taylor, uh, now, obviously now on the coaching staff, been coaching for years now, but a guy who, you know, he stepped in for Mark at times and he got it done. And also, did you have any idea that a young, strong arm freshman named Robert Kent would end up destroying every JSU passing record? Uh, first off on T.C., T.C. came in as a freakish athlete. 6'5", can run, can throw. It was nothing that T.C. couldn't do on the football field. So I thoroughly enjoyed my time playing with him and Mark Washington. But Robert Kent, we we all saw it coming. We knew you watched him throw the ball in practice, and when he got in to throw the ball, like my senior year, he was a true freshman. It just had a different zip on it. It was like, wow, this youngster got it on. He going to be something else. So – to watch it and see what he became, I couldn't say that I expected him to be all that he was, but I knew he was going to be a, a JSU great. All right, all right. Definitely a lot, a lot of talent, man, has just come through uh, Lynch Street over the years. And, and at, definitely at the end of the 90s, you guys were, were loaded, as, as we spoke of, as we've spoken of. But uh, so you finish up an illustrious career at J State, and it's on to the Senior Bowl next. Uh, so you're the small school guy there. Obviously, you held your own. Uh, were you already confident going into those senior bowl practices, or or was it was that when you re- really knew that you were just as good as the big school guys? Well, it was never a doubt in my mind I was good as the big school guy. First off, to me, football was football. You put your pads mm-hmm. on, I put mine on. You run on the same field as I do. Like 
Like, I never viewed it that way. But getting to the senior bowl prior to that, I had signed with my agent, IMG. And I was down in Bradenton, Florida. So I was working out with uh, Barry Green and Thomas Jones and Chad Pennington. I had been working without, out with those guys for a month at least. So I had kind of got used to working with guys who were in D1 schools. So I felt if I went and did the things I was supposed to do, I wasn't going to run into any problems. Mm-hmm. All right. And I can still remember Coach John Shannon being interviewed about you during those senior bowl practices. I can also remember Mel Kuyper raving about you leading up to the draft. I mean, I can hear his voice right now. And, of course, like I said, you were taken 21st overall by the Kansas City Chiefs. And you step in right away and have an impact. Uh, 48 catches, 678 yards as a rookie. Had three touchdowns in one game. I remember being excited about that. Uh, but talk about that transition from the swag to the league. Uh, the transition was mostly felt in the playbook. You had to learn so many plays, man. So much verbiage went into the offense because I went to a West Coast offense. So I, I, I would say that was my biggest adjustment. But going in, man, it was it was just a great experience to finally play against some of the guys you had been watching on TV. Uh, I was on the team with Chester McLaughlin and. James Hasty and Chris Dishman, these guys I had been watching play football since I was a young young man. And the shatter field with them was was awesome. And I did score three touchdowns and it was my very first start of my career. Mm-hmm. So things got off to a great start for me. Absolutely. I remember playing with you on the video game, man. <laughs> I, I returned to punt with you on the, on the video game. I had you everywhere playing every position. <laughs> I, I struggled playing with, with myself on the video game because I wanted to get myself the ball too much. Uh, I bet. Forcing it to Yeah, I started losing the people I knew I could beat, so I had to stop. <laughs> <laughs> man, good stuff. Good stuff. You mentioned some of the names that you played with. Uh, man, you played with some all-time legends as well uh, in KC. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, Warren Moon. Uh, talk about being in the locker room and just soaking up game from guys like that. Man, that was awesome because one thing I can say is those older guys were willing to give you a lot of information. I started off, the first person I met there was Andre Wisen. So I started wow. off hanging with him. Then to get to the Tony Gonzalez's, the Kimball Anders, like those guys really, really, Derek Alexander, he was a mm-hmm. great help for me always willing to give any information I need. Kevin Lockett, he was always there to help. So it was it was fun, man. All right. So all right, again, this episode is brought to you by Trent Walker, counselor at law, located in the capital city of Jackson, Mississippi, for criminal law, personal injury, family law, or workers comp. Be sure to visit TrentWalkerLaw.com and also find the link in the show notes. I am here with Sylvester the Cat. Morris. Uh, so, Catman, what are some of your most memorable experiences or, or stories from the NFL? Oh, from the NFL? Man, it was just actually getting to play with Warren Moon, getting to play mm-hmm. with some great Hall of Famers. I played with Will Shields. I got to meet Willie Rove. I played with uh, Martin Anderson. I got to meet some real elite great guys, man. I still, like, one of the guys I was drafted with right now is my best friend, Dante Hall. He, uh, mm-hmm. 
he he we got in the Gulf recently, man. So okay, try to go all over the world, all over the United <laughs> States playing golf. Anywhere and <laughs> we go play golf. Like they got they got a they got a tournament August. I mean April third in Austin. But I told them I ain't gonna make that one. That's Jackson State Southern week, man. I'll be okay. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, you know they have the uh, WC Gordon uh, Golf Classic coming up in uh, in Jackson as well. So you yeah, know, if you I get got an opportunity to go get involved that. in that. I got to get some information and see can I sign up for that. Okay, I'll definitely get it over to you. Definitely get it over to you. All right, and uh, if if I'm not mistaken, you guys played the Panthers, Carolina Panthers. I want to say it was your rookie year. Uh, am I right? And if so, did you ever get a chance to match up with Rashard that day? Oh, uh, we did play against each other, and I did not go against him. I was happy. Uh, I did. You were happy? Yeah, I did not want to go against my friend. Man, that's how we was at the Senior Bowl. When we got to the Senior Bowl, I told him, I was like, look, man, you dominate these receivers. I dominate the DBs. We done went against each other a thousand. Right. Now, I don't need, we don't need to do that. By the, end, right. by the end of the week in the senior bowl, he had been dominating all the receivers, and I was dominating the DBs. They made us go against each other. Oh man, wow, man! I wish we, I wish we had film of that, man. That, and man, I wish we had film of those practices, though. To be honest, man, I know that was some legendary I, stuff. That it, oh, let's see. One of the guys, I, I came to Jackson this week. I was down there Thursday, and. uh the guys, mm-hmm. he was like, man, you got any of your stuff on YouTube? I was like, I'm sorry, man. YouTube wasn't out wow. back then. Well, now, yeah. yeah. And none and of it, that. Yeah, it's it's easy to forget how long ago that was. It seems like recently, but, man, 20 years. It's like I blinked at 20 years. Went by. Right by. No no YouTube? Like, that's that's hard to, to breathe. <laughs> I can't even fathom yeah, it. Look, they don't even understand. <laughs> we ain't have cell phones in college. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. I, I am thankful for that. I didn't need a camera for uh no. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Oh uh, man, so uh with regarding the Chiefs, do you maintain a, a relationship with uh currently with the Chiefs? I know I've seen pictures of you attending functions with some of their current players. So is there still a, a communication with, with, with them? Yeah, currently I'm a uh I'm a I'm joining the Chiefs ambassador, so I have a one year apprenticeship. And I will become a chief ambassador. Uh, the ironic thing is I'm uh, trying to join the chief ambassadors with Tim Barnett, who is another uh, right. Jackson State. So I just talked to him recently because uh, it's going to be a lot of upcoming events to, that we're going to be attending together. Okay. Good stuff. I'm glad to see y'all still you know, working together. That's definitely awesome. And, you know, your chiefs. They defeated my Niners in the Super Bowl 2020. That was a tough day for me, but I can imagine what it was like for you and Mr. Rob. Jim. Oh, yeah. Me, <laughs> what was that feeling like? It was the best feeling. I, I yelled all night long. I, I, I was thrilled. I still got the game saved on my, uh, my, my DVR so I could go back and watch it and just get that joyous feeling every now and then. And I am thrilled to see another – Lombardi trophy and the ring, everything mm-hmm. that go along with it. I'm thrilled. I'm very happy that Mahomes is our quarterback for the next in the right. twelve years. And, and speaking of Mahomes, man, how good is he, man? Or, or how great do you think he can be historically by the time he hangs him up? Sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. He has 
He's uber talented. He knows the game. He's smart. And you can tell he's still learning, still learning to dissect defenses. And he's putting stuff in his brain. Like, I don't believe the stuff he saw in the Super Bowl would be able to happen to him again because he's going to be able to put that in his Mm -hmm. brain and he's going to understand that he has ways to combat that. Even then, he still was making some awesome plays at game. So I think the sky's the limit for Mahomes. No doubt. No doubt. All right, man, I, de- I want to definitely get your thoughts on this current Jackson State football program, led, of course, by Coach Prime Deion Sanders. First, uh, what were your thoughts when, when he first got the job? And uh, the, Also, your thoughts on the job that he and his staff are doing so far? I was very excited when I heard he first got the job because I had been following his uh, – coaching career in Texas so I knew he he was a good coach and I knew he was going to always want to put the kids first but being able to get down there Thursday and see it all firsthand and be able to talk to them uh, and see what they're doing like they're trying to make Jackson State a legitimate D1 program where kids will have everything they need when they come there as far as facilities go as far as uniforms, being able to do everything they need. Um, I think he's about to really reestablish the tradition that started back in the 80s when we were the Mac Black. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think it's all, as I'm going to repeat what he said, if they don't in this spring, it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah, they can forget about it. They can forget about it. Oh, man, it's, and it's, it's good to hear that you went back. So did you get a chance to actually speak with the team or – or uh, what was that visit? Uh, I I got to speak with a couple of the players. Um, I think the next time I go, he's going to try to let me speak to the team. But it was an impromptu. I just showed up, you know, okay. at practice okay. one day. I was off. I said, man, I'm going to drive down. But I got to let them know who I was and let them know I'll be back and trying to be more part of the Absolutely. That's all, he, that's all yeah. I want. That's all you want. You you didn't you didn't ever line up against Deion Sanders back in the day when you were in the league, did you? I, I don't think I saw nope, that game nope, on the schedule. No, nope, <laughs> no, nope, sure it didn't. Sure it did. Oh, I'm glad because right. now we, we don't even have to broach that subject. Of exactly, exactly. Yeah, it, definitely. All right, and uh, you know, you talked about what he's doing for Jackson State and how big that's going to be, but. Uh, what do you think the impact could be on the entire SWAC and potentially all HBCUs just with, you know, what he's doing? Because, you know, we're seeing games on ESPN now that that's including the schools that we're playing. Yeah, against. and I think that's that's bigger than anything to be able to get that exposure to be on ESPN. Uh, the fact that he has a name that it, it commands attention. So regardless of is Jackson State or if it's Alabama State, Mississippi Valley, Alcorn, they all going to get attention because of who he is and what he's done. So when your opportunity presents itself, if people like with well, Jackson State always on ESPN, but everybody who Jackson State play on ESPN too. So it's not Jackson State. Right. All those other guys are getting the same opportunity. So you have to be able to take advantage of those opportunities when they come. And they're going to have to raise their level, too. They're going to have to put money in their facilities. They're going to have to put money in the recruiting and uniforms. And you to compete, you got to you gotta do it. And 
I'm wow. very happy that he is here and he is raising the level of competition. Definitely. Definitely raising the, the bar across the board. And, you know, like, like we said, we're already seeing an immediate impact of the hiring, of course, with the games being nationally televised. Have you had a chance to check out the team yet? If so, Oh, I love it. I've been watching Baldwin number six. Uh, I, I've worked out with Warren and CJ. They both from New Orleans, and I was at CJ right. High School, so I got to meet him and go to a couple of day workouts. So, yeah, I get to. Uh, I'm I'm gonna try to be even more involved as time progresses. But yeah, I, I I'm gonna talk to everybody I can. Everybody, listen, I'll mm-hmm. talk to them. Right. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Baldwin. I know you pay extra attention to those wideouts. And I, I would say three so far really standing out, making a name for themselves this spring. Of course, Baldwin. Then you also have Corey Reed, the transfer from Louisville, and your New Orleans guy that you mentioned, Warren Newman. Uh, what do you like about them? And could we finally be getting back to that wide receiver you? Later? I think we are headed down the right path. We have all the talent necessary there right now. Uh, I watched Reed have a great game this week. Um, Baldwin has been doing outstanding. Although he said he gonna break my five touchdown record, I told him, "Hey, records are made to be broken, but it ain't gonna be easy." I know he had to put a scare in you because the, 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 the uh, previous game, what well, that first half he had, yeah, what, I told, three. I said, man, you made me have to. That's why I'm down here. I say, I had to you like, hey, man, what you, what you trying to do? Don't erase all the way out the book. <laughs> Yeah, he's coming for you, man. So I don't know. But you held that record uh, for a long time, man. So, so yeah, he's got to come down. Yeah, I got to hold it twenty years. I, I figured. I said, if I got to hold it as long as Willie got to hold the records, mm, exactly. So my twenty year span is almost up. It's time for somebody to come through and bring us back to wide receiver university. And I believe between Warren Reed and Baldwin, we have a great chance at getting the receiver drafted in the next upcoming draft and we start that tradition right. all over again. Right. Man, it's great to hear that you uh you know you're speaking with them and have a have communication with them where they can reach out to you and they're aware of who you are. So I mean is that normal in any given year? Are the wide receivers on the team aware of who you are and do they ever reach out to you for advice or you know work out or to build a relationship? And I'm talking about guys like, a, you know, in years past, like a Dan Williams and, of course, Warren Newman. He's yeah, I still I still talk to Dan now. Um, I watch him. He be working out going to uh, Canada. He's even here mm-hmm. pretty soon. But, yeah, I try to talk to – I make myself available in any way I can. And that's how, that's how I mess with Warren. I, I walked up to him at a practice one day. He was outside uh, at the park. And I walked up to him, and he had on Jackson State stuff. I was like, "Man, you, you, what you know about Jackson State?" He said, "I got football there." Mm-hmm. I say, "Yeah, what position?" He said, "Receive." I said, "And you know who I am?" Why? He was, uh, uh-huh. "I don't know." I said, "Okay, it's your homework. You got some research to do. You need to go find out who I am." He was like, "Why?" Well, yeah, that's what he was like. I said, "All you got to do is go look in the record books at the top. I'm the name that keep appearing." And that was that yeah, in New Orleans? In New Orleans, the first time. Wow. So he, he, and okay, that was so. before COVID. So he went back, and I guess he found out and came back. And uh, it's been good ever since. I talked Thursday, and wow. he, he can't wait to get back home and going to let me know where he's working out so I can come mm-hmm. work out with him and everything. 
man, that's great. That's great to hear. I know Warren Newman, man. You see him working out on uh, on, on social media all the time, and and I, I see him. I saw him kind of following Dan Williams as well, and kind of picking up that that regimen and that that work that work ethic, and definitely good. It's going a long way for him, and it's showing in his place. So I'm, I'm glad to see him starting to have a breakout year this year as well. Yeah, me too. I agree. Right, and now, now earlier in the show, I named some of the great uh, wide receivers that we've had over the years. And even some out that came after you, like, you know, T.C. Taylor, of course, who switched wide receiver, and Rico Richardson, J. Mar Johnson, and, of course, Dan Williams, all those guys spent some time in the NFL. As a former player who played in the pros, do you think it's significant for all the guys who went on to play professionally, like yourself and Jimmy, uh, to have and maintain a relationship and a line of communication with one another and also have, have that trickle down to the next guy up, that pro prospect on the Jack State roster, like a Dan Williams a couple seasons ago, especially with, with the recruits that Coach Sanders is bringing in, because that's something that they'd have access to at the Power 5 schools that we're competing against to recruit them. They, they have that open that ability to reach out to the, the pros who have come through those schools. So is that important for I us? I think it's vitally important, and that's why I try to come back, because if you watch a school like take the University of Miami, they always mm-hmm. have guys coming back from from the eighties, from the nineties, from the two thousands. They all come back, and they pour into the kids that's there now. That's what you need to keep the tradition rolling. They need to hear some of the stories that I heard about guys who played way mm-hmm. before they came along, so they understand that like this is a tradition. You building on something. You become a part. Of, you are becoming a part of something. And it's bigger than you. So when you when you have your opportunity, you got to do the best you can to not let the other guys down. And I think mm-hmm. that Coach Prime is really establishing that. He's he's encouraging all the older guys to come back whenever they can. I be laughing because I see he is mm-hmm. the station five. He station five the fireman. He like Bubba Dale is one of the players who used to come back and talk to me all the time. And Bubba Dale be there bringing him food and still doing all those things. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's vital to a program to becoming what we want to be for us all to come back. I talked to Corey Thursday. I told him he got to come on back down here, man. Come on, man. I'm going to mm-hmm. be coming back. You got to come meet me at a game. Right. Man, I, I love hearing that, man. You know, you're, you're so right about the University of Miami. Uh, that's you know that's the school that I was thinking of when I was talking about that. So, but but we have that history, and I think you know that's one of the things that we want to do on the podcast is just keep that history alive, so that this current generation, not only the, the student athletes, but just the students as well, can just understand the history that's that's been there on uh, on, on Jr. Lynch Street. So definitely keep doing what you're doing, man. And you know we keep talking about all these records and all these stats that you had at Jackson State, but one thing that's glaring that's missing is Sylvester Morris's name and the Jackson State Hall of Fame. So I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how it's pos- possible, you know, 20 years later, NFL, uh, first-round draft pick, all the wide receiver records, and you're not in the Hall of Fame. So I'm going to put you on the spot right now. You got to let the audience know, let the listeners know, why are you not in the Jackson State oh, Hall of Fame? Oh, that's partially my fault. The, uh, the Hall of Fame okay. process, you have to uh, submit your name and some paperwork to Jackson State University and – um. I just not really good at doing paperwork. So I have to mm-hmm. step my game up and actually fill out the paperwork and submit to Jackson State. So I'm sure once I do it that they'll take care of the rest. 
and let but absolutely it's on me right now oh man you got to get on that man we need we need you listed we need you listed. i understand <laughs> All right, well, man, this has been a treat. Uh, I, I do want to mention one thing before before you go. We had Cortez Bryant on the show a few months back, another alumnus uh, from Jackson State who's from New Orleans, who's obviously doing big things. Now, I asked him about his recruitment to Jackson State, and he told a story about how he was actually headed to Southern, but they didn't have any housing. And uh, he had an offer from Jackson State on the table. He didn't know much about us, uh, but a lot of what he did know was because of you, already being there and, and being from his neighborhood, being from his hometown. So did you know that you played a role in him going to Jackson State? And Man, just how proud have you been seeing him come from New Orleans, attending Jackson State, and then going on to do such man, great I'm so things. happy for that young man to to watch the symbol player that he was coming and to mm-hmm. see the man he became is truly, truly an honor for me to be able to call him my friend. He's accomplished so much. He's a great young man. He just became a father first time. So mm-hmm. getting to watch him raise his child, it's all been awesome. And it's hard to believe that I had that kind of effect on him. Right, right. Yeah, man, you never know who's watching, man. So definitely, man, to keep being a role model, keep doing what you do, especially for the, the, the kids on the team, man. That's definitely awesome that they can just have that to look up to and know the potential is there. For them, I mean, if you were, if you were, I mean, we've been sending players to the pros since forever, but obviously that's kind of a stereotype that it's, it's difficult to go to the, or you know, to be seen coming from an HBCU. But uh, for them to know that, that not only can you be seen, but you can be drafted and be drafted in the first round. That's huge. So we definitely want to continue to publicize that and make sure that they're aware of the, of the endless possibility of being a Jack State Tiger. So keep I agree. Great work, that's, that's one of the reasons why I started coming down there because they have this false narrative that you can't make it from an HBCU. Well, Jackson State had over 20 straight years where somebody was drafted. Mm-hmm. We had 13 people mm-hmm. drafted in one year from one class. So mm-hmm. I just wanted them to know, like the, the, the kids say nowadays, how they get it out the mud. Well, we've been getting out the mud in Jackson mm-hmm. for a long time. So coming there, you're you going to have a chance. It's, it's a long tradition of guys coming from that 1400 Lynch Street. That's right. And we are building on that tradition and blazing new trails. So thank you for being a part of that tradition. But before I let you go, last thing, man, we got to do a round of rapid fire. I have some questions for you. I need answers in rapid fire fashion. I'm going to throw them out there. And you have to, you have to uh, strike back with gotcha. a quick answer. Okay. All right. Most memorable game at Jackson Grambling. State. Eight. Eight catches, 201 yards, five touchdowns. Man, you got that in your head, man. You got, you got it memorized. All right. Favorite away venue to play in while you were at Jackson State? Southern. Southern. Is that because you're yeah. from that area or just the rivalry? The I'm from here. All A lot of friends and family going to make it that little hour drive to Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was it for me. Gotcha. Best player you faced or witnessed in the swag? Best player I faced or witnessed in the swag, Rashad Anderson, my teammate. Wow, your own teammate. Okay. Best player you faced or witnessed in the NFL? Charles Woodson. Oh, wow, man, Charles Woodson. Did you ever go yeah, I went up against him watching? a couple of times my rookie year. Man, welcome yep. to the league, huh? <laughs> Charles <Yep>. Woodson. <laughs> 
All right. Who gave you the hardest hit at practice? At Eric Welch. Oh, wow. Good one. Good one. Uh, who gave you the hardest hit to in Bucky the NFL? Jones. <laughs> Man, you probably yep. still feel that. All right. Best wide receiver to come out of JSU, not named Sylvester Jimmy Moore. Smith. Easy, huh? Jimmy Smith. We got to get him. We got to get you in the Jack State Hall of Fame, and we got to get Jimmy in the, in the Pro Football yeah, Hall of Fame. That would be best for sure. All right, here we go. Down by a touchdown. Your ball, two minutes to go, 80 yards to go. Which QB that you've played with would you want to roll with? Ooh, that's a tough one. I I hate to have to say it, but <laughs> I love old Grillin Pratt, man. You grilling, I I'm good. Wow. No knock against Mark. Mm-hmm. I love Grillin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grayland was that guy. We did an episode a few months ago. If you haven't heard it, go check it out, where we debated who's the greatest quarterback in Jack State history. So that was an interesting conversation. <laughs> All right, here we go. You're a New Orleans guy. No limit or cash money? No cash money cash all money. day. Oh, man. Come on, man. You're killing yeah, me. Yeah, I grew up. Really? I, I grew it? up with, okay. with, with cash money, man. That, that, that was my okay. – like, I was here with no limit, but no limit left and came back. Cash money was here the whole time. Gotcha. I'm a cash money all day. I feel you. I feel you. All right. Another New Orleans question. Now, you're a New Orleans guy, but you were drafted by Kansas City. Who you rooting for if they play in the Super Bowl? Chiefs. Saints, Chiefs. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Oh, Cat, man, we again, we appreciate this. I'm sorry it took so long to get you on, man. When we first came up with this idea of a podcast and we were thinking about, you know, who we could interview. For me, you were the first name I wrote down. I still have that original list. It says Sylvester Morris at the top. So for it to take us this long to get to you, that's unacceptable. So I'll take the blame for that. But, man, I enjoyed it. And there's so much more we could talk about, man. I'm not going to hold you, though. But let's set this up to come back, man. Anytime you want to come on the show. Well, that's what I was going to say. It took long, so I have to come back faster. Fastest. There you go. I'll go. be up there for the Southern game, so I'll be I'm gonna be looking for y'all. I'm I was trying to make one of y'all okay. Stamps Burgers a uh show so I can come get me a Stamps Burger and be on the show, but it hasn't worked. Okay, well we got we have a live show for every game. So uh just reach out to me if you don't see it online, I'll tell you where we'll be at. Uh for the Southern game, I know I know it's gonna be ah, man, I know that's gonna be hype. So uh, we definitely want to get you in there for that one. Sounds so good to me. Know. All right, and again, this episode is brought to you by Trent Walker, Counselor at Law, located in Jackson, Mississippi. Of course, for criminal law, personal injury, family law, or works compensation, be sure to visit TrentWalkerLaw.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. And that'll do it for this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. As always, thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I cannot stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcast, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag the I love. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done